Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Justin. I'm here with Dr. Paul Etchison as your dental business mentors. We are going to be going through a few questions here with you in just a minute. And Paul's got our first one, bud. What's the first one? Yeah, man. It's been really interesting. And I can tell like listeners and people are a bit worried about just the dynamic of our dental industry right now because we've got a lot of questions since we recorded last time. Listeners, if you have questions, send them into info at dentalbusinessmentor.com. So the question that we have today is dealing with inflation, which we're hearing a lot about. You know, it's, it's the topic. It's on the news. It's in the media. It's all that stuff. So someone just saying pretty much with inflation, with labor costs, with supply costs and everything going up, becoming more expensive profit wise and less profit. And what do I do? You know, the, our insurance, if we're in network, we can't really raise our fees and nothing is changing on that end. So, so they're wondering what the recommendations would be in that department. So. What do you think, Justin? What are you seeing with your practices and what are some things that you've been doing? Yeah, I think it's a prevalent concern, right? So like you said, we see inflation, not only just perpetuated in media, but we see it and we can touch it and feel it in our practices. We just did a ground up construction, the entire building, you know, we got a, a number of tenants in there, etc. And along the way, we saw that in our change orders, we saw that in lumber costs, we saw that in the construction side with with the real estate, but we've also seen it in the dental practice itself for us to buy equipment, for us to buy supplies has gone up where some of our benchmarks, for example, for sundries expenses on our P&Ls on a monthly basis, we'd want those between 3 and 5%. That's more of a struggle now for us to maintain staff wages, all included, you know, all the uniform allowances, everything that you consider a staff-related expense, for you to keep that 30% and below is becoming more challenging as well. And I think, in part, it's the practices that will suffer the most are the ones that, I mean, no one's ready for this or prepared for this, right? None of us had a crystal ball, no one, none of us could tell the future, but when it came, those that were best prepared to deal with it were the practices that already had a good business running. You know, they had they had a good business. They had decent team members in place. They had folks keeping an eye on profit and loss statements. They didn't just start paying attention to it as of recent. They have systems in place for customer service and new patient protocols and how to answer phones. And so they have these systems there. So it's not like they're struggling to deal with all of that at one time, all the while rising costs, revenues not going anywhere, and you know they're in a tough position. So it doesn't matter where you are at this point in time, unless you're – there's two ways to deal with it, right? One way is to do something different than what everyone else is doing, and the other way is to grow bigger. So when we think about growing bigger and we think about economies of scale to help reduce costs, whether it be now with inflation or whether it be ongoing when we're running our business, I think the greatest challenge with folks is they're not going to get big fast enough. And 
the companies that will win are the ones that are not even really playing the dental game. They're they're like a financial services company aggregating assets. Like if you really look at a lot of DSOs, they operate like syndications in some way. Five-year turnover, new money in, old money out. And the dentist is just basically being traded from one team to another, so to speak, to some extent, so that everybody wins financially. And I think where where those companies are headed, of course, they're going to have a significant advantage. And you can comment on this, uh, Paul, in terms of what that advantage has been since you, you're, you're working with a company that you, know, you sold your practice to. But most docs are not going to get to that size. And a lot of docs aren't going to want to sell to a company like many of them out there. So what do they do? Like, what does somebody do? They cannot control inflation. They cannot control when interest rates are going to change. All you can really do is not make the big mistakes. So what I've seen folks do is like, okay, expenses are going up. So where do they cut costs? I've seen some people cut costs in the wrong areas. For example, they will cut costs on marketing. I think that's a critical error. We were sold by a lot of marketing companies early on, and they would tell us uh, marketing's like a locomotive. You know, it takes a while to get started, but once it gets going, man, just keep on dumping, dumping into it, and you'll be good to go. And and you know, that is true. <laughs> it really is. You have to be consistent with marketing. And so, I wouldn't start cutting major expenses. What I would do is I would I would focus on how we're going to actually develop a good business. Go back to the basic building blocks. Those things are in your control. The other stuff is not. You cannot predict what the cost of goods and services will be in future. You cannot predict where wages will land. But what you can do is you can learn from people who have a practice who's twice the size of yours or 30% bigger or whatever and actually start building a business like theirs because they're in a better position than you. And that's the way to go. So what we're doing right now is we're doing everything we can. We've negotiated with the vendors to the extent that we can. We are paying market wages. So when staff come to us and say, hey, so-and-so is offering this over there, what can you do for us? We say nothing more. We're offering market. And if you're looking for just money, then that's probably your best bet because we can't pay you more money. But if you're looking for X, Y, or Z, which is why they showed up in the first place, we anchor them back to that. And it does you know, help people understand the pros and cons of jumping ship for just money. But at the end of the day, in summary, I don't think there's a lot you're going to be able to do that's in your control other than focus on the fundamentals of creating a bait business. And I feel like maybe that sounds anticlimactic or like no crap, Justin, but knowing and not doing is is what, right? So you you got to get to it and you got to roll up your sleeves and you have to push through. That might even mean that you're you're modifying lifestyle expenses for a period of time, right? Like the biggest pinch everyone feels is like, ah, it's taking home this. But if you're leveraged on both sides, you know, you're in a tough position. So hopefully a lot of you are not in that position. Hopefully you some, you know, have money saved or aren't living paycheck to paycheck and just super dependent on the practice for that. But those of you that are, the same principle applies, right? You You tighten the purse strings. You continue to invest in the practice. You work with somebody who understands how to help you grow the practice. I totally agree with you that there's just not a whole lot we can do. And that's just such a crappy answer, but it, it's the truth. There's so many th- elements. There's so many variables here that are out of our control. And I think like one thing, and you, you asked me to touch on the part about being with the DSO. I mean, we're constantly getting new vendors with a MB2 for gloves, for masks, and not that every time we get a new deal with a new company, I'm having my team order from them. 
but it has helped, you know, and they're, they're, they're negotiating with vendors and that we have the power of the large groups. So that's been good in that regard. But my supply costs are way up, you know, compared to what they were like two years ago, three years ago, I guess I should say before COVID all started. But now it's really, really getting out of control. And I think everybody feels it now that everyone knows this inflation, everyone's seen it on the media. Who am I to speak on what some companies' costs are? But it's becoming like expected that things are getting more expensive. So I think there's probably a number of people capitalizing on that. And there's a number of people that just really their costs have increased as well. So they're increasing prices. But yeah, I would say like my advice would be just kind of relax because there's only so much you can control. The margins are getting slimmer and I think they're going to. And I've always tried to run under 25% payroll. We're not under 25% right now after all of the, the wage increases and cost of labor and, and just even like providing a benefit package is all different. You know, it's like, it's scary. I really want to get back to 25% payroll, but there might be a, a point where you just have to accept that it's not, you can't run 25% anymore in dentistry. The margin might not be there anymore. The other thing is just negotiating, negotiating your fee schedules, which so far for us this year has turned up zero. We have not gotten anything. Now I will say one thing about being part of the group. We have gotten two companies and I won't name them, but they had did a big fee schedule decrease. We got opted out. Not, we didn't opt out, but that didn't include us, which that was nice. So. Maybe this is just the changing landscape of dentistry. Everybody's been saying it was going to get all DSO heavy and that these things were going to happen. And maybe this is the catalyst and where people start joining groups. I'm not saying you should. I'm not like pushing anyone to do it, like say that's the only way to do it. I mean, I was a private practice owner for a long time until about a year and a half ago. But I think it's just important, like you say, watch your numbers, watch your P&L, have, have a pulse on it and adjust where you can. But there's not a lot of places you can. So what do you do? Increase volume? I guess that's it. I mean, you got to become more efficient and just become leaner. Like as a, as a business, you got to run things more efficiently and do with what you got and innovate the best you can. But that's what I'm doing. And I hope that offers someone some uh, consolation. I don't have all the answers. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. I know we're a few minutes over our, our 10 minutes here, but I do want to leave everyone with a few points here, right? Something tangible. So Folks have probably heard me say this before. The floor on expenses comes a lot quicker than the ceiling on productivity. And people need to understand what that means. That means that you can only cut expenses so far. And a lot of times these things are out of your control, like they are now with certain market conditions at play. There's a lot of expenses you can still control, so you should be all over those. There's others that maybe you're going to struggle with a bit, but here's what's important. It comes down to how do we raise the roof? And if you've been chugging along at the same productivity level for the last three or four years, that probably seems impossible for you. If you've been growing year over year, you get what I'm talking about here. And that's what, that's what I think should be the driver. You should be always focused on the top few lines of the P&L. Think about the revenue. Revenue is where all your impact comes from. That's where everything is going to start. If you can't bring in more clients do more dentistry for them and have them come back more frequently, you're not going to see revenue increase and your profit will stagnate. So you need to up that top number. And some of the easy ways to do it are things that we'll get into a little later. Assisted hygiene. So listen to that. We can start doing more same-day treatment. That's much more profitable than bringing people back. You can improve your hygiene department. Do you have you know, what percent of patients are actually in a, in a good perio program where they're actually getting adjunct procedures completed or they're coming back and paying out of pocket for three, four month 
scaling root planing versus every six months or 12 months. Are these things happening? Because if those things aren't happening, then that your biggest problem isn't that we have inflation right now. Your biggest issue is that you're not going to be able to keep up with the competition, especially as consolidation improves because all the bigger companies are focused on those types of efficiencies. And I think that's important to recognize. So I wouldn't go out and sell your practice right away. I wouldn't go out and try to partner with a uh, you know large corporation right away. I would, if that's the best bet for you, I, I would definitely flush it through a few different folks before you jump into that. But go back to what I just said and think about those efficiencies and top end productivity before before you worry too much about the floor, which I think is out of our control to a large extent. Yeah, I really like what you said about the floor and the ceiling. I've never heard anyone say that before, and it's a really great way of putting it. But we are over time, so next time we will talk about some of these topics uh, on the next episode and write in your questions to info at dentalbusinessmentor.com.